Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, before I get started on today's episode, make sure that you head over to vwphysique.com and sign up for the Physique Formula. This will really give you a lot of valuable tools that you can use, especially with the gyms opening. A lot of you will just be getting back into your sort of fitness journey or your physique journey, should I say. Um, whether perhaps you've been at home, training from home the past few months with a band, with some equipment, there's lots of golden nuggets in there um, and it's absolutely free. It's a five-day video email series, which all you need to do is drop your name, your best email and you start receiving emails immediately. So um, it is back to alternating episodes one week just myself and then an episode one week with a guest. There may be some occasions where you might see a, a guest on uh, two weeks in a row and um, this is simply because every single week I'll try and send sort of two emails out or you know a couple of Instagram messages out to potential guests I'd like to get on um, and then just whenever they reply whenever their availability is uh, is when I'll get them on for an episode so we have a big one uh, lined up for um, next week uh, or the week after that'll be with uh, Ria and then we have one lined up with um, an absolute legend that is Mr. John Meadows um, in August. So really looking forward to, to both of those episodes to just talk about their, you know, both their journeys. Um, I think it'll be really cool um, to get Ria's, um, ex- you know, her personal experience and her journey and road to Olympia um, as, a, as a female figure within the UK. Um, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that'll be looking up to her. And then, you know, John Meadows, what, what else more do I really need to say? If you don't know about him, uh, you, pro- you probably don't know uh, about bodybuilding. Um, Mountain, Dog, Mountain Dog Diet, check that out on, um, on the internet and you'll learn a little bit more about Mr. Meadows. So, um, I guess the purpose of today's episode is to chat a little bit more about the, the return of the gyms that is happening down south as of next Saturday. Um, by the time this podcast launches, um, it'll be roughly, I think, about nine days until they open. Still awaiting um, you know, big Nicola Sturgeon up here in Scotland to give us the go-ahead. We know that it's probably going to be a couple of weeks longer, a couple of weeks more for us, um, but by all means, this episode should serve um, as a heck of a lot of value um, that you can listen to perhaps when we do get the go-ahead. And you know, guys, fingers crossed, um, last week's announcement should have not came as a sense of frustration um, for anyone really in Scotland. You know, we've we never been told that it was going to be um, before the 23rd of July. So we knew that it was always going to be after. But I think that a lot of us had perhaps got our hopes up. <coughs> and that was just to do with, um, I think originally we'd heard that the gyms were going to open in July and uh, in England in the 5th of July and we thought well damn that means that it'll be earlier up here and this is why you know if you go on our YouTube channel we actually have a whole webinar dedicated to the return of gyms and what to do and everything I speak about in today's episode will kind of coincide with what we spoke about on that webinar so please do check it out um, it is all three of us speaking on the webinar um, podcast uh, is just myself today um, but hopefully it just provides just as much value so as I was saying, you know, we the reason we put that on was because we had heard caught wind that we thought it'd be the fifth of July. So when we recorded that webinar, it was like the week before. So by the time the gym's actually open up here in Scotland, that webinar will be about six weeks old. Um, but 
please do go go check out subscribe to the channel uh, we would really really appreciate that so in general when kind of the gyms do do open there's a few different scenarios i see in my mind that you could be in the first one uh, let's take the the worst case scenario right which is you haven't trained at all or if you have trained you've been maybe using a band in that time frame uh, you will have had a little bit of muscle wasting whether you like it or not your nervous system is not really primed for exercise and some of you are thinking whoa that's a big fancy word what the hell do you mean all i'm just meaning is that your ability to go in and burst yourself can be done with very little work in the gym scenario two you have had a little bit of equipment but not ne not necessarily like loads you still managed to get some sort of loading in your guys' ability to recover um is is, is is decent but i would still not be going to absolute failure on some sets because just you know you're gonna struggle to walk the next day and then scenario three and that would be the best one would be you've had access to a fair amount of kit and you've been going to potential failure points you should be able to transition quite smooth back into the gym um, and in fact i think if you consider that you've maybe been you know squatting you know using kimsel bins as <laughs> squat stands doing a barbell squat the um <coughs> excuse me the minute that you go back into uh, a gym that has a hack squat or a pendulum squat or a v squat or whatever it is um your your ability to to just grow and recover will be absolutely superb but then i can't sit here and say to any one of you in those three different scenarios i don't think, think i would be wise to say you know go in and don't and don't go all out because i feel i'd be i'd be a fucking hypocrite if i said that see if i hadn't trained for five almost five months or i had been training with a, a band for that whole time i tell you what i'd be doing i'd be going in i'd be finding the hack squat wherever it is and i'd be trying to put as much fucking weight on the bar as i possibly could not the smartest thing is it <laughs> right but i just know from how excited that you guys will all be that it's just going to be hard to have like if you've always trained to failure you that's that's all you've ever known so let's just talk about that in general if you're listening to this you probably train low volume high intensity because you know it's exactly how i train or perhaps you train very very similar and um, but fuck if you train sort of like reps and reserve or whatnot there's no way you listen to this podcast um, and if you if you are you're probably going to disagree with me on a lot of points um in the past 50 odd episodes that i've done um but if we take the the first scenario there and um, you just train with bands you know i'm just going to give you my my best recommendation what i want you to do is just sort of like look at your old program that you were on before right before the gyms happened and and what i want you to do is have a look at the total amount of working sets that you were doing per muscle group and all I want you to do is just reduce that by about four to six sets across the week. And you're thinking, Vaughn, are you serious? I already do like I already do very, very little. 
And the reason I'm telling you to do that is because I'm under the assumption that you're going to go in and you're going to give it the big beans, the whole beans, and nothing but the fucking beans. I'm just here to tell you that if you do that, you're going to be fucked up. And you're going to be fucked up after about one to two sets on something like the hack squat. So if, for example, you look at your logbook um, and you do, right, say, right, I do 10 sets, maybe 12 sets uh, across the week for quads. You're just going to reduce that and you're just going to do eight. Now, on those eight sets, what I would do is I would, I would leave, I would recommend that you leave one or two in the tank on every single set. And that's what I would do for the first two or three weeks. That's all you're going to need to get back in the swing of things. But then thereafter, what I would do is I'd start creeping your volume back up. And you may go from eight sets to be like, right, this week we're going to chuck in 10. And then the next week, okay, I'm going to chuck in 12. And it's maybe maybe take, going to take you a month to build up to being able to train that hard with that much volume and still recover and get stronger. It might even take you that little bit longer. But that would be the best approach I would go in for scenario one. Without a shadow of a doubt, um, you're going to do that for the week and then you're going to go, fuck that, and you're just going to straight back up. But when it happens and you, you feel like you're absolutely battered and you've been hit by a bus and you keep feeling like that every time you wake up, just message me and say, hey, Vaughn, you, you, know, you told me so. Um, and I'll just message you and say, that's cool. Fucking get on with it. Um, and I'm sure by week three you'll be absolutely fine. That'll be the smartest way to go about it. Alongside that, you know, we have a think about. For those of you who don't know, you know the, the word sort of neural fatigue is thrown around the industry a lot. I don't think anyone has a fucking clue what neural fatigue. So let's just break it down. Simply that your body has a what we call a nervous system and innervates muscles with nerve endings, and that simply sends signals from the brain to the muscles to tell them to to fire, right? Um, and to cut a long story short, that, that system itself, that whole system in the body can experience some, some level of fatigue. So what we must think about is if we go and smash our usual you know, top set weight, or we try and attempt to, we're gonna smash that system pretty quickly and its ability to recover um, is gonna be somewhat compromised if we continue to just, because you're excited, you're gonna fucking train every day, aren't you? Um, so what I would do is take that into consideration. That's why we're dropping one or two sets. Uh, sorry. Yeah, effectively, we're dropping a couple of sets per workout then if you're going to say work your quads twice across the week. Um, but also what you could do is just drop your max load down where it was before because if you go in, if you went in the, the gym in, in March and you were doing a five-plate hack squat or five plate, plates per side and you've been training with a band, good luck getting three and a half plates per side, or four. I just think that it would be um, very silly to try and go at five. So just reduce that um, a little bit. Scenario number two, where you've had a little bit of equipment and you've been able to, to get some decent workouts in, cause a little bit of muscle damage, but maybe perhaps your ability to progress some loads has been uh, somewhat compromised. You guys are not nearly going to need to drop your volume as much as scenario one. You're just going to be able to go effectively almost 
almost straight in at, at the same volume that you were doing before um, but understand that it's just going to take you a, a little bit of time to get in the in the swing of things would you need to drop volume yeah you could do you could drop it by a couple of sets but i still think you guys will have the ability to go to a failure point uh, more so than scenario one and recover from it and be absolutely fine if you've been training very very hard from home um, and then scenario three you guys would be fine i mean if it, if if, if it was me and it is me pretty much scenario three I've been I, I managed to train from a place um, then whenever you get back to the gym you were at you find that fucking hack squat you get your put your max load on and you add a 1.25 and you hit a PB and you come out and you say fuck you COVID I had three months off the gym and I still fucking hit a PB when I, when I had my first session back and you do whatever you can to progress all costs because that's it's what it's all about, right? So, I, I guess people in scenario one are thinking, Vaughn, that's not really fucking fair. You know, you've just given us this long spiel of what we should do, and and the guys in sort of like scenario three are are fine. Well, well, yeah, they've maybe paid a lot of money to get equipment, or have had the finances to get a lot of equipment. They've maybe had a key for a gym or their own private lockup, and um, maybe in a shipping container. And have been able to to put muscle through its contractile range and to go to almost a failure point and to to fuck themselves up a little bit, but to progress to get stronger and to add a little bit of muscle mass. There's a huge difference um, between what the body can handle, what's capable in those sort of scenarios. But I guess there is some other perhaps key considerations that we that we must consider. And, and that would be that, you know, what I'm hearing a lot of, um, this is all speculation really until um, my clients down south tell me exactly what's happening, is that the gym, the gyms themselves, like a lot of them are telling you that you are now timed or you have a time limit on how long you could spend in the gym. And you maybe have went from taking almost two hours and by that I mean by the time you get in, you fanny about, you have a little chinwag with your mate, you know, you set stuff up, you get your workout done, after that you have a wee chinwag, you have a shower, um, you have a wee sort of post-workout shake and then you leave at least two hours, right? I know that um, when I would train, when I would train with uh, with Steve, um, it, it was at least if it was leg day an hour and a half, an hour and a half like at least, um, but usually it was two hours uh, and that was just training and and resting in between maybe got a little bit less time um, as I was prepping as my recovery was good but in an off season it's going to take as long as you need so you, you can't necessarily go in at your old program and expect that you're going to be able to do all that in an hour could you do that I mean you could but it's not going to be like beneficial from a from a growth perspective because you you're kind of going in at lesser volume um, than you were at before so I mean, there could be an, an, an argument for that and say, well, Vaughn, it's quality over quantity. I'll get to that in a second. But in general, um, I think you have to adapt your training, if I'm honest. And what I would do is if you only have an hour, the best method, I, I would say, and again, this is going to be so person dependent, right? Upper lower splits would work absolutely fab. 
push-pull leg splits would work to an extent, but you, I just don't think you could be going to failure because you would literally get, like for me, if I had an hour, I would maybe get six sets in of legs and I would be done. Like, not physically done, but the time, the time would be over. So you could think about potentially going up or lower, off, up or lower, off. Um, even guys, because if you did, like if you if you only had an hour and you did six sets of legs, well, fuck man, like that volume could be kept so low. Um, let's say you didn't go to failure on every single exercise and some of it was sort of metabolic or pump work. You can still go up or lower splits and then, and then off without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but what I've heard from other gyms as well is that they're going to be um, limited by the amount of time they can be there per week. Or so, so the amount of days, sorry, they could be there per week. So this could be that you are only allowed access to three one-hour sessions a week. So then, you know, you maybe you're building this up in your mind of like, all right, sweet, this is cool. I'm going to be able to, to just go all out, go in the gym. And then before you know it, you're like, fuck, well, I can do three days in the gym and I'm still doing two days at home. Here is a really, really easy way around that. Join multiple gyms. And before, before you know, Sandra or Betty comes on and tells me, oh, God, Vaughn, that's so responsible, giving that advice out, oh, my God, COVID, blah, blah. Fuck you. Honestly, if, that, if that's you listening, like, just shut up, and you're not going to get a response from me in the first place. Um, but anyway, back to the point. You know, you, in your area, you may have a pure gym and a gym group. Two very, very, very similar gyms, similar equipment. Uh, maybe you got like an Ultraflex um, and then a pure gym or something like that. Okay, they're a little bit different, but just, just be wise to it. Take advantage of the equipment that you've got and do like get the most bang from your buck. Like if you've got like an abundance of lower body equipment, like a bodybuilding gym, utilize that and then maybe like a pool day um, or like an upper an upper push pool day. And then do your... Um, your, your two other upper sessions at uh, the likes of a pure gym or whatever. If it was females, you, know, you might have three three lower body days or two and a half. I would do that at the facility that has the, the most amount of equipment. But I guess other key considerations we've got to take into account is just that if we are training to failure, um, no one can spot you from two metres away, man. Right? Or a metre away, if that. Uh, I know it's for sure as hell I'm lanky. But I'm not. I'm not that lanky. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would, would maybe maybe disagree with me on that. But um, yeah, you're gonna have to kind of get in and about it. Um, you know, you're not gonna be able to wear uh, a fair, a face mask in the gym if you do. Uh, I really don't know <laughs> how much that's uh, that's helping. But um, you're obviously gonna be wiping equipment down and whatnot. But on top of that. There may be some movement patterns that you're going to have to relearn. And you're probably thinking, well, like, what the hell does that mean? Well, here's the thing. If you have spent the past few months training with a band, you may have forgotten, your body may have forgotten what it feels like to contract the quad in its length and range where it's really weak with a lot of fucking load on the bar. That's something to think about is just that when you go back in, rather than be excited and shove a bit of weight on the bar, do that. But when you move it, move it like you're you're moving in slow motion. And when you're at the bottom of, a, say, a hack squat, you fucking feel your quads turning on. You feel them contract before you then start to extend the leg and push back up. 
if you don't do that, then it becomes more about the like getting the movement strong than the muscle. And we're all about getting the muscle strong, if that makes sense. And, and I'll be honest with you, I was so, so guilty of this years ago. I was just so obsessed, and probably still am, with getting huge fucking quads that I put as much weight as I could on a hack squat. And looking back, I would bomb it down, probably almost bounce out the bottom, and it was more like an ego move. Whereas now, I'm like, right, well, you want to actually try and spend a little bit of time where you're weak. But then we think about on the way down, like a lengthening, or what we an eccentric, what we call a lengthening contraction, where the muscle will elongate. That's where you're going to create micro tears in the muscle fibre itself. And how do we build muscle? Well, we break it down, we tear it. Then thereafter, we, we, you know, we're good with our food and our protein intake, blah, blah, blah. And the muscle will repair itself and have a super compensatory effect. So I would say that the minute that I started actually controlling my hack squats better, or, or really all leg lifts, that I, I saw even more development in my legs. Yes, I had to reduce the loading a bit, but over time I built back up to where it was and can tell you that there's much more tissue like now than there was when I was just bouncing up and down and you know that that kind of took um that was last year I remember a couple of guests I've had on the podcast Joe Jeffries and Luke Hoffman both uh gave me a little bit of stick on Instagram for a set I put up um I'm sure they they roped James James into it as well and um it was really after that I thought well you know what they're right and if you're in the in this industry or in in any any walk industry that you're in um, you know, n- never be afraid to learn off people that are just a bit smarter than you and me personally I try and do that and I just try and absorb everything that they know absolutely everything that, or everything that they're saying um, but to make me better and if you're not doing that um, have a little bit of a look in the mirror and, and kind of question if you think you're fucking belly big bollocks because I bet you're not you know, on the contrary, you're probably a fucking, you know, Betty Wee basket <laughs> if that was uh, if that was such a thing. So anyway, back to the, the whole point of today's episode. Other key considerations. Uh, DOMS is going to be super high for the first couple of week, weeks. And, and someone, as listeners, just went, Vaughn, what the fuck is DOMS? Delayed onset of muscle soreness. So the next day when you feel like, you know, the, you're struggling to walk... Or, you know, you've trained your chest and you're struggling to lift your arm up because it's sore. Muscle soreness, right? But people often think that muscle soreness is a really good thing. They've had a really good workout. If I'm honest, personally, I never really get sore by my legs. And when I do, it's, it's not too sore. Um, you want to get to a point where you still have an ability to go into a session and not have the last session affect your performance in that one. Um, that's what we call like knowing your ma- your maximum recoverable volume. Um, and when you're in this sort of point where you've just went to the gym and you've not been training for a wee while, your recoverable volume is going to be very, very low. Remember that volume that I was speaking about before in the episode? We're just talking about the total amount of sets that you do across the week. Um, that's what I'm going to refer to as as volume. If you are only in there for, for an hour, my suggestion would be get the most bang for your buck. You know, 
go do the big movements that incorporate large muscle groups or multiple muscle groups at the same joints, the multi-joint exercises. Do not be the dude that goes into the gym and the first thing that he trains or, or the girl that she trains is biceps. And you stand in front of that mirror and you're just giving it the, the fucking big old hee-haw on the EZ bar curls. Um, you're an idiot, you know. Yeah, by all means, train arms, but do it in between a set on the pendulum, set on the V-squat, right? Because you're time limited, you're time constrained. So I don't often advocate supersets, but in this in this scenario, I think the best thing to do would be supersets and you could have like a like high mechanical loading or your high mechanical loading movements at the start. Um, maybe you have like a, a combo push and pull day where you have a, sort of an incline dumbbell chest press supersetted with like a chest supported row or plate loaded chest row and working opposing muscle groups um, but one after the other so that when you go into that chest supported row you're not going in like yes you're you maybe breathing if you're as unfit as I am you're maybe breathing a little bit but you're not necessarily like your back's not fatigued because you just worked your chest I hope that makes sense and um, supersets is something that I've incorporated a heck of a lot during lockdown in the set that I trained in uh, when I do a set in the hack, the hack squat in my rest period I would do a set of calves and I do a set of biceps and then that's how, I, that's how I've been doing it the past 15 weeks. And if you're wondering, hey Vaughn, why, why the fuck are your biceps still wee? I'm asking myself that same question, if I'm honest. But what you could also do is to take advantage of um, things like rest-pause sets, drop sets or cluster sets as well. Try, try and get a lot of volume in um, in a short space of time. That would be an ideal scenario. If you usually did three working sets on a movement, drop it to two, but make the second one a rest-pause set. Someone's like, hold on, whoa, whoa, what's a rest-pause set? So let's say it was, you do 20, 10 to 12 reps, um, and it's a failure point. You'd hit the failure point, let's say it's number 11. You then wait, and you take like a solid, like say, five, six, seven, five, five, six, seven breaths in, Nice, slow and steady breaths. Um, that might be, what, 20 seconds worth? Um, you then go again, you hit another failure point. And then if it was a true rest pause, there'd be two, two failure points, so you do that all again. Um, so you could kind of effectively get in almost three sets of work in two sets. Uh, rest pause is something I utilise quite a lot. Um, and then just towards the end of your session, your whole like drop sets where you perform maybe, say, like a set of say 15 to 20 on the leg extension, and then you drop the weight, and then you do another 10, and you drop the weight, and you do another 10. You know, that, that's a method of training. Uh, what we call um, is metabolic work. It's a fancy word for just saying, you know, a lot of blood delivered to that muscle area is going to drive a lot of nutrients in, but it's also going to create a lot of uh, waste products. Like when we contract a muscle, we produce a lot of waste products, and the body will create an adaptive response from that. The thing is, that adaptive response is, is quite small in comparison to like heavy, like we call them high mechanical load sets. And it's why like in every program that you do, the metabolic or kind of pump work as we call it, um, is so little because the response it, 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 it comes with that is, is so small. So I feel that should cover everything when it comes to training. When it comes to nutrition, um, the, you know, it's so, so person dependent. And, and for that, what I'm going to ask you to do is just head over to the YouTube channel. 
and, and watch Ali um, on the webinar chat a little bit about nutrition. And it's going to be so dependent on whether you know you've you, you've been a little bit lazy in this lockdown and you've gained a, a ton of weight or a little bit of weight and you need to recomp, or whether you're in a position that you can start to gain, start to bulk. And um, there's so many different avenues that you can go down, but also there's avenues that you can go down that will help you with performance, such as something called peri-workout nutrition, which again, that's explained in the webinar, this process which we put a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of carbohydrates in and around the workout parameter itself, particularly post-workout. Um, and People always wonder why they see me, they see me and other guys eat loads of pop-tarts, or bagels and jam, cocoa pops, Main thing is, when we consume a, a large amount of carbohydrates post-workout, what it actually does is it offsets muscle protein breakdown. Now, that's a really advantageous thing to do if we've just broken down muscle, muscle in the gym, isn't it? And then combined on top of that, how do we build muscle mass? Well, the building blocks of muscle is protein. So we add in protein with this large amount of carbohydrates and we start the recovery process straight away after we've just smashed that muscle to pieces. So I hope that that was a, about a minute, minute and a half's um, description of what peri-workout nutrition is and I hope that it explains it in layman's terms. So what I wanted to end on um, was just to say that this has been a heck of a long road for yourself and for everyone around you, for others, for for the whole sort of, I, I want to say Scottish bodybuilding scene, but I know there's people that listen to this um, across the UK and across the world. Um, but I'm speaking directly to, to those that are, that are in, in the UK. Um, Northern Ireland, your gyms are already open, so this doesn't... Uh, I guess this, this doesn't apply to you but um, it, it does really apply to everyone because you went so long with the gyms being shut that what I want to say is just a fucking well done like if you've managed to still train in your fucking back garden or in your living room you know with, with fucking Betty next door banging on the wall because you're you're fucking screaming, doing a foam roller, banded hack squat, um, you know, or your 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 cuffed banded raises, uh, tempoed to the max, drop set to the max, whatever it is, like, I applaud you, I really really do. I take my hat off to you. If I was wearing one, I would take it off, um, because it's not easy to be sitting eating your pre workout at your, you know, your kitchen table, and then trying to get hyped to take two steps. To then go do like a sumo deadlift but i think if you listened back to the episode i'd done at the start of lockdown about sort of how to stay motivated i, I really hope if you listen to that 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 you kept that in the forefront of your mind the whole lockdown and i really hope it helped you perform and get those sort of top set weights done get those reps and progress the load and i'm not going to say good luck for when the gym's open because I don't believe in luck. Like luck for me is just simply when meticulous preparation is met with opportunity. Like in life, nothing is handed to us. We we simply create our own luck from the actions that we do on a daily basis. That was a little bit deep 
wasn't it? Um, well, maybe it wasn't. But in general, what I would say is that enjoy yourself. Don't hold back. You know, this whole episode I've said, you know, don't give it the beans. You know, give it the small beans, the wee beans, and nothing but the, the you know, the tiny Heinz baked beans if you're in the band. Fuck that, man. Like, you're not going to do that. I know you're not going to do it. You know you're not going to do it. You're going to, like, nod your head and say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And then then the next thing you know, you're going to go in the gym. You're going to put five fucking plates on the hack squat. You're going to do a couple of reps. And you're going to finish at the bottom. And then you're going to go, oh, fuck, cool. And then you'll drop the load. And that's where those lessons that you've listened to in this past episode should ring true. So I hope today's episode um, help, helps you in your return to the gym, as I said. If you want a bit more help, head over to our YouTube channel. Um, we have a webinar on this exact topic that goes into a little bit more detail um, about nutrition, about goal setting and whatnot after. But then also on top of that, you know, just as I said at the start of the episode, remember the physique formula is available to download on the website, uh, which will give you um, free information, so five-day video email series on nutritional principles, the fundamental aspects of training, how to overcome plateaus, and so much more. Um, if you enjoyed this, if you want to know more, if you want a certain guest on, by all means, please reach out and let me know. But whenever the gym's open, guys, make sure you go in, you give it the big beans, the whole beans, and nothing but the fucking beans. <laughs>